Welcome to the special bonus edition of The Investigation. I'm Chris Vlasto, Senior Executive Producer, joined here by special guest George Stephanopoulos, who obviously has the news-making interview of the year in some ways. This is the first big interview the president has given to a network other than Fox in a while, so we couldn't wait to hear it. And it was 30 hours that George Stephanopoulos spent with him over two days All the issues were discussed, and it's going to be a special, but we actually got some clips out today. George, welcome to the investigation. Hey. Congress is in overdrive this morning. Chuck Schumer just took to the Senate floor. Let's hear what he had to say about it. That is shocking. Shocking. Yet, sadly, par for the course of this president. Later this afternoon, my friend Senator Warner will ask our colleagues for the unanimous consent to pass his bill that says if Russia, Iran, North Korea, anyone else offers a campaign help, you report it to the FBI ASAP. My Republican friends should take a few hours to decide if they really want to block that bill. Because if they do, it would be a disgrace. So you know the big news, obviously, is the president saying that he would actually accept information about opponents from a foreign government. What do you think made him say that? Chris, I got I to set the scene for you. This was the beginning of the day yesterday. This was he was giving me a tour of the Oval Office, and then he got quite angry about I guess a piece he had seen in GMA about the polls. With all this talk about polls, there's another one out there that's making some some waves. This one's an internal poll from the Trump campaign, and it shows the president down in some key battleground states. Yeah, and Cecilia, sources tell us that the Trump team was taken aback by some of these results in, in key states like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, some of those states that helped deliver the presidency to Donald Trump. The president's reaction, he was reportedly livid. This is something we've talked about as well, this reporting uh, that you and others have had that the, the president's internal polling shows that he's behind in 15 of the 17 states. He kept calling that fake news. Well, I don't believe those polls. There's no way he beats me in Texas. But even your own polls show you're behind right now, don't they? No. My polls show that I'm winning everywhere. I don't know. We've we've all seen these reports that with 15 out of 17 states, you spent 2 million on a poll and you're behind in 15 out of 17 states. Nobody showed you those polls because those polls don't exist, George. Those polls don't exist. You mean I'm losing in 15 out of 17 states? Those polls don't exist. I just was given a meeting with my pollster, who I frankly don't even believe in pollsters, if you want to know the truth. You just run a campaign and whatever it is, it is. But I just had a meeting with somebody that's a pollster, and I'm winning everywhere. He actually, during our interview on Tuesday, put me on the phone with Brad Barscalia after going off the record, and he was still upset by that on Wednesday morning, and he was the one who first brought up Mueller. When he went and sat at the desk. Now, once he did, I took the opportunity to ask questions and simply asked the question about Don Jr. because he was going to Capitol Hill that day. Is in retrospect, I said, your son hasn't been charged, which is a fact. In retrospect, should he have called the FBI? You know, goes on, gives a long answer, and then, which of course leads to the natural follow-up that I asked him going forward: <laughs> What would you do? And. I, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I guess that's exactly what the president believes, but I was surprised he said it out loud. Should he have gone to the FBI when he got that email? Okay, let's put yourself in a position. You're a congressman. Somebody comes up and says, hey, I have information on your opponent. Do you call the FBI? I if don't think coming from I'll Russia, tell you what, you do. I've seen a lot of things over my life. I don't think in my whole life I've ever called the FBI. In my whole life. 
I don't, you don't call the FBI. You throw somebody out of your office, you do whatever Al you Al Gore got a stolen briefing book, he called the FBI. Well, that's different, a stolen briefing book. This isn't a stolen, this is somebody that said, we have information on your opponent. Oh, let me call the FBI. Give me a break. Life doesn't the work FBI that way. The FBI director says that's what should happen. The FBI director is wrong. Your campaign this time around, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent. Oh, I think I'd want to hear it. You want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd go maybe to the FBI. If I thought there was something wrong. But when somebody comes up with oppo research, right? They come up with oppo research. Oh, let's call the FBI. The FBI doesn't have enough agents to take care of it. But you go and talk honestly to congressmen. They all do it. They always have. And that's the way it is. It's called oppo research. Do you think it actually will force those uh, like Nancy Pelosi on the impeachment issue? Will this maybe change the equation a little bit and push her to? I think it adds. To, I think it adds to the pressure. I mean, look at what did you have last night? I'm sure by now it's all of them. But you had 15 of the 23 Democratic candidates say that it's calls for impeachment. I mean, it's it's an admission of the of openness to to foreign interference. It's an invitation to more. At least some of our adversaries could take it is that it's a sign that the president in some way still doesn't accept the findings of the Mueller uh, investigation, which to some Democrats at least is, could be grounds for impeachment even in the absence of criminal activity. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to continue. It's, it's going to make the pressure continue to build. Now, at the same time, as you know, Nancy Pelosi is pretty firmly against opening an inquiry right now, and she believes that a majority of her caucus are still against opening inquiry right now. Uh, but this clearly opens up a new avenue uh, for debate and has brought more Democrats on board. You and I have t- spoken about the polls, and I know those polls were devastating to the president, even though he said they're not true. But I know he was actually furious about it. Do you think he feels, I mean, what was your overall interpretation of him in, over the last 30 hours? Is, is he beleaguered or is he energized? Well, it's, 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 it's a split screen. Like so much of this presidency, I, I have to tell you, on the one hand, he's, he can be buoyant. He can be energized about uh, the issues that he thinks are working for him, uh, like the economy, trade. He's, he's very excited about um, the, the back and forth of Mexico over the last several days, firm on China. And I think at some level he also uh, believes that he can draw a beat on any of the Democrats running against him at the same time. He seems to be seething constantly about the, per- the perception that he's perhaps an underdog in the race, about the Mueller investigation, about Russia, and whether that raises questions about his legitimacy. And it's always there on a slow boil. It doesn't take much to bring it out. And is there, I know there's a lot more, there's going to be an hour special and everything else. What What else, I mean, obviously he was very excited to show you about Air Force One or the new Air that's, Force that's One. That's just the beginning. So much else out there. I mean, we, we talked about um, a lot about the Mueller report and he gave answers that are just as candid as the one he gave to me about accepting the possibility of accepting foreign help in the 2020 election on obstruction of justice, on Don McGahn, his White House counsel, on his views of whether or not a president can obstruct justice, on, on the big issues as well, from tariffs to the Federal Reserve to health care. Um, 
And, you know, we even had the chance to talk about UFOs and the briefings he's gotten on UFOs. But the, 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 high, the highlight in the headline is really um, this continued and understandable, I guess, continued obsession with the Russian investigation with Mueller and his willingness uh, to say things that you can even see in the eyes of his staff when he says them uh, could get him in trouble. And I do just before you go, George, I do have to say Trump did tweet about the interview now, and he's actually saying he's not backing away. He's suggesting we no. we 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 may have edited it, but actually, that, I don't think he's suggesting we edited. He's saying some. I my guess is he might be talking about others. Well, that's what that, I actually uh, thought are, because are I think people aren't mentioning Norway. You know, I think he thinks that by saying Norway, it wasn't a, a an adversarial government. Is is my guess? I may be wrong. I guess that's part of it. But, you know, we put up his words and we did it. We, we showed them all. Um, and, you know, he can he can clarify them in any way he, he chooses to. But my guess is he was talking about other clips that have now, you know, because this has gone so viral so quickly and created such a reaction. But I think if you look at his words, if you look at his demeanor, if you look at the fact that basically he started this conversation on his own, he was saying what he really believes. Exactly. Well, we can't wait to see more, George, and thank you for coming on the investigation. Take care. Thanks. And now I'm here with John Santucci, senior investigative producer. He was the man responsible of getting the president to sit down with this interview. John, what a big get for the network. I think, as you well know, um, part of what we do is... um, uh, is coming up with these creative ideas and ways uh, that we can tell a story a little differently. So we uh, approached the White House uh, about a year ago uh, that we wanted to spend a day in the life with the president. I think that no one has really gotten to see uh, what a day in Donald Trump's White House is like. Uh, fortunately, we got two days. Uh, we got to go on the road with the president uh, on board Air Force One, on Marine One, the helicopter that uh, flies him back and forth to that plane. Uh, we were in the Beast, which is uh, the limousine that takes him around a very secure, thick armored doors. Um And then the next morning, Chris, we got to meet him as he was walking to work and George having a conversation with him uh, on the way to the Oval Office. Uh, And it was there in that exchange that for the purposes of what we usually do, this podcast, uh, we got to have a conversation with him about special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation, uh, the investigations up on the Hill. But what we saw over the two days spending with him, nearly 30 hours uh, on camera with him at times, um, we got to see that the president brought up the special counsel's probe and all of the investigations that are looming over him on his own, unprompted by George Stephanopoulos. And I think it really goes to what we're seeing is that this is something that's hovering over the president every day. Listen, John, you've you've been with President Trump since the day he began. Came down the escalator. I was there. I'm the only one still doing this. And as we just asked George, obviously, I asked George, you know, does he seem beleaguered or does he seem kind of and energetic. You know, George said it's kind of a split screen. Um, I mean, what do you see different about him? I, I wouldn't totally disagree with that. I, I, I do think what I see different about him is the people around him. And I think that, um, you know, look, I, I have negotiated every interview the president has done with ABC since that escalator ride. That was our first one when he was a candidate. Um if there was something in the early days that the president, uh, you know, kept going a little too far or was going off topic, uh, an aide, typically Hope Hicks, his, one of his most trusted aides uh, for so, so long, uh, would jump in, would stop him, would would, uh, would be able to stop him. Um, there's no one around him that can do that anymore. 
Um, I don't really see someone uh, that has the ability to uh, stop him from himself. Not to say anything against the president, but look, you know, you're served by the people around you, the people that, you know, uh, dive in to, you know, help you from yourself. There's no one there that could do that. And I think in, in, in so many of those exchanges, um, you know, when we started the morning, as an example, we were not going to go near the special counsel's investigation at that point. President did. He kept going and going and going and going. Uh, we thought we'd just be there for five minutes. I, you know, Chris, you've been in these situations. What do the aides usually do? They tell you, OK, five minutes is up. Stop. Nobody did that with us. The, the cameras kept rolling. We kept going. Um, and I was surprised by that. Well, it seems, as George said, and I, I noticed it just watching it, is that it seemed like the pole issue got under his skin. It, it hit him right in the chest when we got there. And, and at that point, really, you saw from, from our footage, uh, the president tells us to turn off the cameras, to get out of the car. Um, you, you know, it, it's interesting. The president has always said, I like winning. I like to be a winner. The fact that those polls, which you've reported on and I've reported, on what the campaign did, that internal polling of 17 states, 15 show him down. The fact that they show that he's losing, that kills Donald Trump. He's got to be a winner. Right, he's especially be in number an economy one. doing so well. Totally, but it's also the fact that he's, you know, when they thought about relaunching the campaign for 2020 for the reelect, there was a cons- conversation on maybe we should go back to Trump Tower and do it again, right? Because he's reliving four years ago. He's remembering how the polls had him as number one, how he was out there around all the Republicans. Now in these head-to-head matchups with Democrats, it's not too good for the president. And that is driving him crazy. We saw that time and time again. The fact that we started our second morning, the president saying, hey, I just watched your show. You didn't do anything about that conversation about the polls. It was still bugging him from the night before when George had the conversation with him. And and what else struck you out of this? And I know there's so much and we've only there's released. A lot. I know we've released only a few things, but he does also. I mean, obviously, the polls and that. And there was mm-hmm. one thing he was obviously very excited about to show Air Force One. Yeah, he was extremely excited about that. I think that this president, as we know, is the master brander. And the fact that he gets to change an uh, iconic airplane that has not been altered since John F. Kennedy was president That's a legacy moment for Donald Trump. Anything that he gets to put his stamp on and change. And as someone said to me, my wife, actually, when she saw the pictures that he showed us, it looks a little bit like his personal plane. He takes a lot of pride in that, being able to put his stamp on things. And I think you see that in that new design. The fact that the baby blue and white that Jackie Kennedy created is gone. And now it's red, white and blue. America first. Donald Trump's Air Force One. If he gets reelected, Chris, he'll get to ride in that as president. But if not, someone else. All right. Uh, George mentioned that, obviously, in the interview as well, that, there, you know, he talks about Bob Mueller and that, that he actually answers questions, you know, that Bob Mueller never asked him. Yeah. I mean, as we know from our reporting, uh, Robert Mueller's team was only able to get questions uh, answered in writing by the president. They had asked for an in-person interview. The president's legal team said no. One of the things we know from our reporting that Robert Mueller wanted to ask about were questions on obstruction of justice. The president's legal team said no. We're only going to answer things about collusion, and that's what ultimately happened. But in that sit-down interview with George, he goes and answers the questions that Robert Mueller raises, those 10-plus examples of obstruction of justice. He talks about, I never told told Don McGahn to lie. Well, then why did he lie under oath? The president tells George, well, he just wants to make himself look like a good lawyer. 
That's not what Robert Mueller's 400 plus page report says. But the fact that he was willing to go there with us, the fact that us in an interview were able to get that and the special counsel who ran a 22 month long investigation couldn't. We were surprised that he would actually take the questions of that and play ball with George there. Right. And and then, you know, I didn't ask you and I got to ask you now. I mean, were you surprised at his answer about letting foreign governments uh, uh, that he would do it again? 50-50. In one way, you really do have to understand Donald Trump to know he does not think he did anything wrong. Um, so in that side of it, no, I wasn't surprised. In the other side of it, you would think that he knows how much grief he would get from a statement like that, that he just wouldn't do it. But then again, he just doesn't care. I mean, the fact that he's going through examples, listen, if you were a congressman, isn't it? Like, it, it sounded to me, Chris, and also why I don't think any of the aides that were in there for that moment really reacted. I, I don't know for sure, but I would place a bet. I bet you he said something like that around staff, around others. And it's been something that's been, he's been thinking about. I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Look, and I, I also jail, think, he used, I think he used the, the country of Norway. Yeah. So in his brain, he's saying that Norway's a friend. Yeah. It's not it's from not someone Russia. bad. Right. So I think I'm, I can't get in his head. Right. Nobody can. But but I'm assuming that's why. Yeah. But. It, it, just, it just felt so aw- easy flowing out of him that he had talked about a scenario like that maybe before. How do we know? But I'm just saying it just... It, it, it felt as though I've been said this before. I don't feel like I did anything wrong. So, eh. and what's the White House saying to you now? Um, you know, the, the, there hasn't been much from what I've heard. Um, they're, they're not uh, reacting about it too too loudly. Um, uh, I think there's a lot more stuff to come, so we'll see what the next couple of days brings. Um, but you know, I, I I do think from what I've heard from some sources is that um, the president has been. Um, Uh, talking out loud, trying to think through some of the things that he said to us. I mean, the fact that he took real questions, the fact that George followed up repeatedly, George called him out. Um, You know, the president likes to say no collusion, no obstruction of justice. George just said that that's not true, sir. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of interesting, a uh, lot of interesting answers from the well, president. Well, I, I think the reason why he's doing us is because of those polls. It goes yeah. back to that. Well, and he that's realizes the thing that he, he's got to go branch out and broaden his base. And they're not going to get anything else if they stay within the Fox News echo chamber. They've got to get out there. They've got to talk to other Americans. And the president also remembers, uh, going back to what he did right in 2015 and 16, he flooded the zone. There was an interview with Donald Trump, the candidate, every single day. I know because I had to deal with it. You know, the fact that he's not been quiet so far, they have to find a way to get him out there and rev up. For some people that think that this would turn him off and he'll never do it again, I think that he will start doing more of these. Yeah, he's going to want to be the out there. The opposite is true with him. Yeah. He, he thrives off the Absolutely. He likes the fight. Even this, now he's tweeting back at our interview in the comments. That's what works for him. He That revs him up more than anything. All right. Well, I can't wait to see the interview. Thanks for joining us on this special bonus episode of The Investigation. Please be sure to hit subscribe and leave us a rating. And we'll be back next Tuesday at our regularly scheduled time with a new podcast episode for you. Thanks to our producers, Trevor Hastings, Dylan Getz, Caitlin Fulmer. For John Santucci and myself, we'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Investigation.